3: Thank you for listening to Creative Control, a listener-funded podcast. If you would like to help and support Creative Control and keep this podcast going, please visit patreon.com/slash Creative Control and make a monthly flexible donation today. American Football is a rock band that was originally formed just outside of Chicago in the state of Illinois. Initially consisting of Steve Holmes, Mike Kinsella, and Steve Lamos, American Football released an EP and an LP via Polyvinyl Records between 1997 and 1999 before they broke up what was ostensibly a recording project more than it was a, a functional band. Over time, a certain mythology about American football began to emerge among fans of confessional lyricism and music with unusual mathematical time signatures. Their 1999 debut album was reissued in 2014, which prompted the band to tour with Nate Kinsella joining the fold and actually helping them write and release an acclaimed follow-up album. Five years later, American football had just released LP3, and, where family and day job commitments allow, are touring the world together again. A couple of hours before their recent Toronto show at the Opera House, the whole band made time for a conversation with me about their history, their work together, the bass heroes, Flea and Nate Kinsella, their future plans, and much, much more. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control, plus in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 483rd episode of Creative Control featuring Steve, another guy named Steve, Mike, and Nate of American Football, with your host, me, Vish Khanna.
4: Be
5: each other's other burden
3: American Football, thank you for being on my show. I just wanted to say that right off the top. I'm getting kind of an opera house uh, bowels echo because we're in the bowels of the yeah. opera house, right? That's the Canadian term. I mean, opera house bowels echo. Yeah. But we're in, in this my nickname in high school. Actually. <laughs> so we are in the basement of the opera house. So you guys are going to play. Thanks for being on the show. For those listening, I think it would be best if you each introduce yourself. And so people can identify your voices as we go yep. let's start over here
1: this is steve holmes playing the guitar
3: you're, you're, not not you're, you're not playing, not playing right the guitar, now. you're not, you're not playing playing right now I do guitar. play the guitar so you do play <laughs> yeah. the guitar okay just, just yeah. to be hi Steve thanks. I'm gonna pull it out thanks for being whoa okay <laughs> the guitar this dressing room is getting <laughs> oh, exciting okay. now this is a dressing room so look do up. you wanna try your intro again <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard anyone mangle an intro so bad <laughs> <laughs> wait but wait till we get to Nate I'm
1: <laughs> yeah, no no try that again go ahead let me get a clean
3: take no it's fine this is Steve Holmes Steve, thank you for being on the show I understand, a rumor has it, you play guitar I've heard that <laughs> And that you might whip it out You might whip it out at some point That's what I've heard It's possible Okay, welcome to the show Thank you Thank you for being on the show You, sir I'm Steve Lemos uh, Yes, hello thank Brian, you. Nice thank to you have you, Steve It's nice So, What do you play? <laughs> not, <laughs> not right now uh, Steve, no, uh, Drums Thank you for being on the show. I'm a drummer. Your drumming is fantastic, if I might oh, say. well, thank, thank yeah, you. Yeah, That's yeah. very really kind of you to say. really is. Music. It's really Thanks. great. On the new record, I'm just like, whoa, these beats are good. That's what I think every time. <laughs> <laughs> these are great beats. Oh, the guitar God. is great, too. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> the beats are pretty <laughs> good. The beats are really... I will back up oh, the beats. Well, They're you. very good, yeah. Sure. Oh, thank you for being on the show, Steve. i um, Mike Kinsella.
5: I play guitar and sing. Nice, Mike. Thanks for being on the show. I'm Nate Kinsella. I play bass.
3: Brothers. Cousins. Oh, that's Cousins. what I thought. I know. Do people think you're brothers? Yes. Because of the last name? Yeah. That's the only reason, really, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no.
4: Would you like to be brothers with, uh, with Mike there, Nate? I wonder if that would change things, probably.
3: Where, like, did you two grow up in the same town?
4: No, not really. Uh, we li- were in the same state It's a yes or no Some question Some people may have considered it the same town uh, No, uh, that's a yeah. re- re- factual
5: thing <laughs> <don't, did> not Relatively from above We would look like the same town But
4: No, we didn't grow up in the same Where town Where did you grow up? Uh, why don't we go to I, Mike? I I'm just, up, I just yeah. think I want to move on to
3: Mike Because the geography just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, stay Please don't leave I'm just, just trying to clarify what's going on Sorry about my little cousin Nate <laughs>
5: He's only good at odd time signatures, and uh, (laughs) no, we. Oh, uh, we we. I only saw Nate and like holidays for the first fourteen years of my life, maybe. So where where did you grow up? uh, The suburbs of of Chicago, and Nate was born on a farm in sort of central Illinois. Okay, also from Illinois. Yeah, a
3: couple hours south of us. Just a couple hours, but yeah. Okay, so did you play music together growing up? Well no I I remember
5: Just going to some party At some relative's house And Nate had a bass And was playing like Red Hot Chili Peppers Oh no Yes I'm sorry I didn't On mean bass. to say that I but. mean this is He was like in 6th or 7th grade But I was like Cool Cousin Nate like jams Like that's cool Because I was getting into music Oh okay okay So uh And then uh Then you sh- The next time maybe I saw you You showed up to play drums In Joan of Arc You were <laughs> just like right? I'm gonna play drums Because I was like I'll do this tour But I don't wanna play drums 'Cause it's uh my brother, his cousin, Tim. Right. Has has a banjo of arc and uh
4: Yeah.
5: Is that how you remember it?
4: Yeah, pretty much. But also I I stand by my love of the red hot chili peppers, I would Yeah, I didn't mean to
3: disparage anyone for their likes. Flee those bass parts are not easy, are they? No. They're not good either. He's oh, on, a bit me. of a slapper. He's a bit of a bass slapper, right?
4: It's just one of those things that you just get get into when you're a kid, and like I'll, it will just always be there for me. That, that I don't know. I can't I help it. Guys, I can't help it. Oh, it's I love the
2: yeah. I love the <laughs> red hot to the corpus. Okay. I'm not go. ashamed See, to say it. People? I'll say it in this microphone. You How said you? it right there. You're, you're using the red microphone. Cheery too, red though. microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: right. Okay, all right. So... That's interesting. So you, you didn't really... You, you kind of played together, but your family... There's something in the family with the music. That's what we've established. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the brothers, the cousins, you all like music. Do you come from a musical family there, Mike?
5: I mean, my mom sort of plays Christmas songs on piano during the holiday season. But okay. That's about it. Okay. I should say, too, also, Nate, like, when we when he came into the fold, it was like, this is insane. He, like he plays like me but has like the same aesthetic maybe as my brother he was like this weird oh. bridge between me and my brother because I was just in bands with my brother my whole life so it was the it confusion. was funny it's survive. like I thought you were a brother see I yeah, just had blank it was just funny to like discover this like what the heck like oh this is the gene or whatever that that we share or something, yeah.
3: Now, did you all share time? I don't mean to dwell on this too much because I want to move on from the Kinsella clan at some <laughs> yeah. point. Oh, what am I doing? This is here? not ancestry.com. <laughs>
2: uh, no, but did you all play together in Joan of Arc?
3: Yeah, we did some tours and wrote and yeah. Do you remember playing in Mississauga, Ontario, or Oakville, Ontario? Places like that. Did you play in Ontario? I think I was probably on those tours. It okay. was before Nate. Okay. Yeah, in like the mid
5: '90s, I want to say. Yeah, you know, like uh, that would be Sean Scalen. Yeah, yeah.
3: Sean would have done probably the Ottawa shows. Yes, yeah. but that's I would have seen one of them in I want to say Mississauga. Sure,
5: that was a big deal for me. I mean, I was. How old are
3: you? Are I'm you? 41. If you must okay. know, you're
5: turning the yeah. tables on me. Well, I'm just. I mean, I'm the same age, but that was a big deal. Like to like. I mean, that's when, when Mike's 42. Touring then. <laughs> <laughs> Too. Thanks for chiming
1: in,
3: Mike. <laughs>
5: but you, uh, you, if you're just listening, you can't tell. I only look 40.
3: Like 41, maybe. 41. <laughs> so you you got a year on me. Uh, is basically yeah. what we're we're not. Comp- but we I competing? remember
5: the show. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember the van. Uh, we had like a, we had a rubber in our carburetor, so you couldn't. We had to take, like this big uh, the hood off the. Anyways, off we had to drive in the summer. With the heat blasting full blast, because yes, it yes. was the only way to keep things going. The heat so out of the engine. If you were in yeah. the front, you were. It was insane. Yeah, a lot of formative bands, years,
3: though. Yeah, a lot of bands have that story. I okay. find of of having to blast themselves with the heat from the engine to keep the tour that's on. That's how it keeps yeah. going. Yeah, it's very strange that we did this to ourselves as post hardcore mm-hmm. kids. We really there's something about that, isn't it? Yeah, you earned it. It was so fun. Yeah, that's great. You you but there's a I don't know. We made things more difficult for us than we maybe needed to. Who mm-hmm. else is well, from post hardcore times?
5: You just, all of us pretty all much All of done. you, right. Do you remember the hard There was
3: times? just no money. No you pun intended with the <laughs> <all> website. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was hard. It was a mm-hmm. hard thing to do, and that made it more worthwhile, didn't it? Mm-hmm. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, right? I mean,
1: I was never in touring bands at the time, but um, I always, like, so Mike was in captain and Jazz when we were in high school, and they would go on tour in this van that seemed like a death trap at best with this you know <laughs> good, a good a <laughs> yeah, it had a loft built in there where you could theoretically sleep we called her Molly go and on. roll around yeah and uh, you know they'd go on tour as high school kids with you know roadmaps and all right we're gonna call from a payphone to see how to get to the next show and it just seemed in- like looking back it seems
3: insane that that was I wouldn't thing. let my kids do it no but. Yeah, we're, we're back to the Kinsella clan. Why did your parents <laughs> let you take this road, Nate? Oh, well, Nate's got the best parents. Go on, Nate, about my parents. Uh here <laughs> to talk about, tell me about Go your ahead. parents. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you had a, a, you had a supportive... This comes yeah, up on totally. the show all the time, because I some of us, I think, got into punk and post-hardcore. It was a bit rebellious. Mm-hmm. It's not something your parents wanted you to do. I like this.
5: It's like two totally different... Yeah, Exactly. Like, you, could, you would either get into it because you were rebelling at something or because you were they were completely supportive and they enabled you to
3: Yes, do exactly. It. So I had the opposite. I had to pretend my drum kit wasn't mine. I had to say, <laughs> oh, I borrowed it from my friend Ted. I stole it. I borrowed a <laughs> drum kit from my friend Ted, and it's been here two years. That's what they were like, okay, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> so, I mean, did you have, but you had people, it sounds like, Nate, your parents were like, yeah, yeah, go, go for it.
4: Yeah, super supportive. And I went to like an arts high school. Uh, for my junior and senior year of high school where I like, feel like, felt like I finally like, found my people and was like, oh, there's other kids into this stuff? It's, you know, yeah, and they helped me get into that school. She's and- got a Lollapalooza, dude. Everybody's <laughs> in a Red <laughs> <laughs> just going to the mall. 1995
3: Lollapalooza was pretty good, I have to say. It, was, I'm yeah. not, it, was, it wasn't a bad one. The Sonic Youth one, I'm just saying, that was a pretty good one. Jesus Lizard, I enjoyed that day. It's a yeah. day I remember well. Pavement, oh, man. Let's go back to 1995 <laughs> when I liked all those bands. That was a good time. Anyway, uh, I've, I've neglected, because we've been talking about the Kinsella's so much, Let's I've, I've neglected the Holmes and the Lamos family. So can we, <laughs> how did you get into music there? Uh, oh, boy. Uh, I played with my father. Uh, my dad was an accordion
2: player. So hmm. it, you could imagine the level of, you know, uh, how cool he was it was he was playing accordion and i started playing with him when i turned 7 are you being
3: sarcastic no 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 cuz about the accordion part yeah cuz no. the accordion's uh, you know yeah. weird al is maybe the no, most I, I, famous yeah he was part. he was like weird al but not funny <laughs> <laughs> like that not weird enough but not weird
2: enough just just weird no but but it was it was actually really special uh, to you know i sort of had that bound with my dad uh, so i started playing real little but this world was definitely a rebellion against that world, so a different kind of rebellion. So I didn't start doing any of this until it's probably 20 or 21, um, okay. and I had studied trumpet a little bit, and I had played, you know, violin in the high school orchestra and all that sort of stuff. But this was a relief from all that. I had gotten sick and tired of all of that stuff and put the put all those instruments away. And one day I said, "Oh, I'm going to play drums." And the next day I was a drummer. And then pretty soon after that, not maybe within a year or two, I met. My, well, we started playing, Mike and I, um, we, I'm, I'm pointing, you can, Does people in Land can see yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Mike and I started playing with these two other brothers, that stopped happening, and then I started playing with Steve, I'm pointing now towards Steve, as you can see. Um, and then we three started, and then that was pretty short-lived, but it was fun when we did but it. But the amazing
1: thing, so Lamos you started playing drums, years were so 21, right? Something like that, Something yeah, like yeah. that, and he old taught old. himself out of these little, jazz, like, 60s jazz books, like, kind of self-taught, and my freshman year of college, we played together before... Um, the band with The One Up Downstairs with Mike mm-hmm. and I remember thinking like oh this guy's not very good <laughs> and yeah. then maybe six months later we no. auditioned at Holmes and Holmes was like
2: no, yeah, no <laughs> this they, isn't they, for us they <laughs> auditioned
1: me to join a band and I played with them I was like eh not that great but then like <laughs> six you months later you on guitar he started a band with the brothers and, and Mike it was called The One Up Downstairs that was kind of the predecessor to American Football and then seeing him just a few months later, I was like, "Holy smokes! He sounds like John McIntyre. Like, he, he just taught himself drums instantly."
3: What was in those jazz books you were reading exactly? Oh, cocaine. Oh. <laughs> cocaine, Mike says off mic.
2: <laughs> jazz, jazz cigarettes. What, what,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, uh, you know, uh, I suppose if nothing else, when when you take music lessons as a kid, you learn how to practice. Yes, and of I course. And I thought, well, I know how to read music, and you know. Um, I'm going to learn how to do this. And so I sat with it and had a bunch of free time. Uh, I was in living in Champaign and just said, hey, I'm going to do it. And there was some, this noisy band that needed a drummer, and I figured I'd try it. It was, it was
3: great. Well, so when Steve saw you, did would you acknowledge you sucked when you were first? <laughs> you know, I, was, it? I sucked. It, it, Yeah, you're, it sort of hurts right. to hear that, I guess. You're I don't know. Hint- I, I
2: don't I, I probably would have thought is this, this tour? tour. How much longer is this tour? Oh, just, this is a one off, so yeah. I, <laughs> I can go home and lick my wounds. That's fine. <laughs> to so, his credit, I wasn't very good either.
3: <laughs> no, but it was. But you, you know, were you new to the. That's a complicated instrument. But well, we yeah.
2: were playing. But I actually remember meeting Holmes. It was in that horrible attic at Mike Bray's yeah. house. You remember that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I do oh, remember man, that. Yeah. It was called. I was with Matt, it was with Matt Knox. Um, me matt knox kevin smith and
3: mike bray was called
2: iverson or Ivinson or something like that like after
3: alan iverson
2: i don't know i don't think we ever actually played a show
3: yeah this
2: but you know in, in a college town Vish, did, did you go to school at a college town?
3: I did. I, I live in the town I went where, to. Where, where? Guelph, Ontario. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So,
2: you you know, the college town thing, you have a lot of access to other people. Yes. You have a lot of free time, and there's nothing better to do. And it was uh, American football, the first iteration was that same way. It was like something we did a couple nights a week because that's what you did. Right. What else? We you were jam with people when you have the and, time. And you yeah. walk down the street and you do it, and then band practice is over, and your favorite TV show is on at 7, so you schedule things around, you know, TV time or whatever, and that so, was kind of a cool part of college town life,
3: I thought, in the Midwest. In so the, the band began initially in '99. Is that correct? No, uh, broke, uh, up, no? In broke yeah. up in '99. Probably it '97, 97 something okay, like that. Okay, so yeah. you, based on our the age test we performed earlier, forty-two. We <laughs> were. I was uh, second year university here, so you probably were what second third year university at i that was point? Older. if you, I'm, I'm older than did you guys. i didn't mean to even presume you said college time did you all go to university in college yes. is that where you hung out yes played? okay so that's an interesting period of your life because you don't know what's coming next but you make time to be in a band i did the same thing and i in retrospect why did i do that school was should have been more time consuming well <laughs> but it wasn't i it, for some reason we, we that's still it, passed <laughs> you did okay. You, you I was school. in grad school when I met these
2: guys. I mean, talk oh, about like okay. weirdo. I
3: was I'm four or five years older than and they are. They knew my brother. You stayed in school for how many more
2: years? Oh jeez, oh, for yeah. A bunch of years. Yeah, was, I was. I was in ten more years. Yeah, I mean, I did all. What, three you got of, a PhD or yeah, something? Yeah. In,
3: in what? In uh, uh, rhetoric and composition. Rhetoric? Did you say? Yeah. Uh-huh. Rhetoric uh-huh. and composition. Yeah. Okay. Mostly well, the that's composition. A, that's interesting.
2: Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes (laughs) it's interesting. But people ask all the time what college is for, and part of what it's for is figuring out what to do with yourself when there's downtime. So, yeah, all jokes aside, I mean, we probably all should have spent more time studying, but you also find things to do, and you're never going to be around a bunch of other 18-, 19-, 20-year-olds again with nothing else to do except make things and invent things either. So I actually think the residential college life is a really cool thing for people who can do it because here we are all these years later, and it really did this came from having not, no particular plans. Right. Champagne Urbana. Right. And right. that right. doesn't happen to everybody. Right. You know, and okay. so that's, that's a, I think that's a great thing about growing up. If you, if pe- for people who have the means and can afford it, it's a cool thing.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Holmes, we didn't get to you. We yeah. didn't get to your uh, life oh. story. So we have to do a little mini <laughs> biopic of you. Biopod? I don't know what they, what they're called. Co- are they called biopods? I don't know what they're called.
1: So I didn't get a guitar until I was, I think, 15. I got it for Christmas, my sophomore year of high school. And then uh, like a week later, I started my first band and could not play at all. And at their first practice, I, I auditioned I for that
3: band. It was awful. <laughs> really, tough. seems to me that you were. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, a good dig. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get him back. Get The man. bass
1: player realized, oh, this guy can't play anything. So he invited his younger brother to join the band to teach me power chords, and that was basically it.
3: Why did you get a guitar at the time you got a guitar? And because I I already been getting into punk
1: and you know hardcore and stuff like that and going to shows for the last couple of years, so I wanted to start a band like everyone
3: else. So you asked for a guitar. It wasn't thrust upon you. Yes, I did. That's the other thing. I'm doing that to my son. I think right now. I'm just like, take mm-hmm. the piano. Here's a guitar. Yes. Learn how to do these it's, things. So we're all dads. Well, we all I'm have bad. kids. And that's,
1: that's a, it's an interesting fine line because I, I think a lot of my friends growing up who did band and orchestra and things like that uh, were never creative as musicians. And like it was a, you know, it was homework and they didn't enjoy yes. it. Whereas I picked it up on my own and learned it on my own much later than they did. But, but because it was my thing and it was fun, I stuck with it. It's a weird.
3: Okay. But you were drawn to seeing punk bands at that time? Yeah.
1: Who? Yeah. So Mike and I went to high school together. Yeah. Uh, so that I remember I think the first time we met like cap and jazz played the lunchroom like like fourth fifth and sixth <laughs> period or whatever it was there was in the little i
3: I still have a uh, strong sense memories of being in a good band and playing my high school mm-hmm. that was a big deal towards the end of high school you slog through high school and then you play a show and some people don't even know you know how to do that yeah and the kind of reaction was very like oh like I I've, did that in seventh grade I joined
5: I weaseled, wormed my way into my brother's band when I was in seventh grade. So I got pulled out of school to go to high school. Oh, wow. To play the lunch room yeah, <laughs> or right. something.
2: Yeah. That's a weird That's situation like, oh, this it? is
4: the life for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like did, did
2: you guys take lessons? Did you, either one of you guys take lessons, or were you pretty much... Um, I met
4: with a guy in a CD store, and he, we would, like, pick out a... He, he, he owned the store, and he would, like... He means music instrument lessons, not how to play a CD. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he would show me how
4: to put the CD in the CD yeah. player and how to
3: play. After a, a year, one. I could
4: do it, no problem. Yeah, that is a weird one music lesson. Out, like, show me the Red Hot Chili Pepper CD. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's my story. Uh,
3: so, <laughs> you met a guy at a CD store, and he taught you something? He <laughs> had a little
4: practice spot in the back room and he'd be like what song do you want to learn i'm like okay. i want to hear, learn this acdc song he's like okay let's listen to it and then we would figure it out by ear and play it together and like that was i did that for about a year with him and it was oh, really that's cool yeah i was 13 or 14
3: okay and yeah. mike did you have lessons
5: i took uh 3 months of piano lessons in 3rd grade right. I think. and how did that go <laughs> i don't think good i don't i mean i didn't like it, it You
2: didn't just, like yeah. it no one like oh go ahead. But well, I took him for a bunch of years and what's interesting, how old's your
3: son? You, you mentioned My your, son is seven, he's been taking him a couple by the way, he likes it. Oh no, I my, my kid my play? seven year old plays oh he plays piano. Okay, he's cool. doing piano lessons, but he also he's in a zone where he for some reason he thinks his dad's alright. So he's like, Dad, what are you into? And I'm playing guitar at home like I Right, as we're speaking, the NBA playoffs are on, and there's lots of sports on TV, mm-hmm. and I can't justify just sitting in front of TVs doing nothing because I am a restless person. So I've been learning to. Play guitar again. I'm trying to teach myself uh, "Johnny Be Good" by Chuck Berry. Do you know that song? No, it's the, by
2: Michael J. Fox. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. And my cousin the Marvin
3: Berry told Chuck Berry. I about do, that song. Thanks Come for the accreditation. That's yeah. true. We have to honor Michael J. Fox's contributions. That's not his name in the movie, though. What the hell? Marty McFly. Make, actually, yeah. I, uh, I'll fix this in post. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> I, no, I just been, he's trying. He wants to be like his dad. So we're playing yeah. basketball every day, and we're we're just everything I wanted. He's just like he's up and at him. He's like let's. Learn, right. I want yep. to play piano and guitar, and I want to... So it's a nice... I'm. He's going to find out I'm not cool soon, which is depressing. There's a depressing aspect to it. It's bittersweet. Is he podcasting yet? Uh, he <laughs> wants to. He has ideas. <laughs> oh, that's cool. He wants to be... We did a radio show. As we're speaking, we did a radio show today. Nice. Cool. He and I were on the uh, radio in Guelph at CFRU, and we did a live broadcast, cool. and he loves that's it. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Do you guys all have kids? Yeah. We all have about kids. That, about yeah. that age. Yeah. So, nice. so, sorry, you asked about that. No, only because... You know, I took lessons all
2: the way really even through college and I'm my 7-year-old's taking lessons for 2 years and I'm not sure I don't liking is a strong word but he does it and mm. my daughter's about to start. I, what's cool about this kind of scene is it invites those kind of people equally. So you've got there's some people who are trained and who have sort of moved away from something else, but are interested in the aesthetic, and there's other people who said, I'm going to learn how to do this.
3: The scene uh, meaning which scene? Any any kind oh, of independent okay. music scene, right. or
2: any kind of local scene, it, it allows all these different experience levels, and I think it's kind of a neat thing. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm forcing my kids to take music lessons, but they'll end up, if they do this, they'll end up making music with kids who just sat at the computer and figured it out, its that'll
3: be cool. I mean, personally, I did not have any music lessons. I just, like uh, some of you, just tried to figure it out myself, and gradually got better it was mostly my music lessons were going to shows right seeing bands being like i'm gonna rip that idea off and i'm gonna play the drums like that for a second and see what that's if i can so i think that's a really pivotal thing too i assume you guys got lessons from seeing shows and you're in illinois some of you right wait where are you guys from you're all from
1: illinois yeah also chicago suburbs him too originally
3: yeah i've been in denver for a bunch of years okay so this and so did you go down to Chicago? Oh, Denver, did you say? Yeah, in Boulder. Oh, oh yeah, t- I'm sorry. I teach in Boulder. No, no that's But okay. you came up in Illinois. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So was Chicago a good... It, I don't know why I'm asking this. I know the history. Was Chicago a cool place to grow up in in oh, terms yeah. of being yeah, a music there was,
1: fan? I mean, when we were kids, like in high school, there was you know shows in our little scene. But of course, once we got a little older, we would always probably be at the fireside every weekend and there was touring bands coming through town. And I think at the age we were, we weren't really interested in going seeing like Known acts, but it was more just lo- local touring acts. That made an impression on you, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Just the DIY sort of, yeah. Like we, Discord was like the bible of our scene. Like so, we all looked up to all the, any any band on Discord that came through town. We would go see,
5: and we all loved Fugazi. I mean, eventually our bands. friends were like setting shows up for them though. Like Eric yeah, right. Rosick would be like,
3: bring in Lungfish and Blue yeah. Tip. I remember Blue Tip came to Guelph and played like a house show yeah. to like ten people, and then we're totally Jason Farrell's totally sweet and nice, and I was like. Handsome too. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah. He's like the Brad Pitt of indie rock. Yeah, and yeah. a hell of a graphic designer, if I might say. Very, Fuck
1: very accessible. Heck. Like I remember <laughs> the first time the makeup came through town. I like, I loved the Nation of Ulysses, yes. and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe these guys are playing. It was way before their first record came out. And and guy from Fugazi was the roadie. Like, he's just hanging out at the fireside. Yeah, and yeah. It was, no, it's the
3: to this day, like uh, the accessibility. Like, is that something you've tried to uh, take on as well? This notion of being normal yeah. people. Who happen to be in a band and are cool and to i don't talk think to. we could even fake not doing that <laughs> yeah yeah for sure we are it's f- a major f- part of the ethos that i think gets lost in it is like because i've been friends with bands who've gotten big and that's it <clears throat> they're like you got to talk to my person now and you're like what happened like we were all like i got you your first sh-, and i'm not this is not sour grapes but yeah, sure. that's not where i come from like when i where i come from yeah. you help people and it's a risk res- recipro- you know it's reciprocity so to speak yeah. And uh, no one felt better than the other. And like, I'm telling you, after every, again, as we're speaking, NBA playoffs. This is not a name drop, but after every game, I get a text from Gee, because we just talk about basketball over the phone. Really? <laughs> yeah, Gee and I just talk about. We do a debrief of every single playoff game. Does he like Kawhi or no? Yeah. Well, he wants Toronto. As we're speaking, I keep saying that because I don't know when this is going to air. But whatever. As we're speaking, yes, Toronto's up three-one. Uh, yeah, Guy, if I don't want to out-Gee, but he, yes, he wants Toronto, Toronto to fan. win. Yeah, it's, it's like, are you rooting for
5: Darth Vader? <laughs> <or> not. <laughs>
3: yeah. not. Yeah. I will say, and I don't want to derail us any further than maybe I already have, but I have enjoyed watching the Golden State Warriors play basketball. I will not, sure. not not this year, not right now. No, yeah, right now I'd like them to lose. No, exactly. They're not. It's yeah. pretty magical. I don't. Are you, guys, yeah. are you yeah. basketball fans? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, it's interesting that we all like basketball, isn't it? Because I got into punk also because I didn't I thought the sports people were weird. Hmm. Did you have that? But I, I like everybody. I yeah, like I like, <laughs> I like sports. I'm but. just this snobby dude. <laughs> no, I
5: like sports, but uh, with it, your height, I would have thought it, maybe you could have.
3: Well, you know, I was rejected by the high school sports teams. Okay, there you go. I, I yeah. got a bit of laziness in me. I don't know if you can tell, but like, does it come across? Do I seem a little lazy right now? No, you. Oh. <laughs> You seem uh, you're on the ball. Highly motivated. good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, I mean, vengeful. But not yeah, vengeful. yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I have a bit a spite. spite <laughs> in me. Anyway, we've talked about sports. Uh, let's talk about American football. Hey. Oh so wait, I did that, that. Good transition. That yeah, was good. A plus. Yeah. So where did this band? The band's history is interesting. I already got something wrong. I suggested that you formed in '99, but you actually broke up in '99. Yeah. This is kind of part of the lore. There was a the band existed broke up for many years and then came back. Can we talk a little bit about how this configuration came together? First of all, how did this band come together? Let's start with Nate. Oh, no, he wasn't there. How did did we get back together? I chose poorly. No, how did the band come? I guess, did we talk about, like it sounds like you just knew each other in school? Yeah, so uh, uh,
1: originally this was like our college (laughs) art project it was never we were never like a proper touring band we just would get together and rehearse and write songs we played a handful of house shows and champagne and we would open for friends of ours in you know braid or rainer maria or joan of arc maybe at the time promise ring like other bands that we knew in the promise area Ring
3: played guelph too yeah stayed at my house yeah I remember. That. so
1: those those were the bands in our scene that were real bands and they all toured and we were like this you know side project art project bedroom. <laughs> We'd practice in Steve's little living
3: room. Was this just house. because you were anchored because of
1: school? Yeah, it was basically just what we did. Mike and I were roommates through college and we would just sit together and write these little guitar parts. And, and it was a school
2: year thing too, right? That we didn't, yes, play we in didn't the summer, really play think? in the that summer. Was, no, that it was school be. thing in Champaign.
3: Oh, okay, 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 okay.
2: Yeah,
1: so it was originally a band, like our end of sophomore year through senior year and we, at the end of our senior year, we recorded our one album right. uh, that came out we basically recorded it the week after we graduated and then we were like, all right, we're done. We documented, and, you know, the Discord model, we documented this thing after the fact. Right. We never played a single show to support that record. It came out that fall of 99 and we never really thought about it again. So um,
3: it was, well, uh, do you know what, uh, so we, was it was just the school stuff? Or was there anything about the sound of it that you were like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore.
1: Was no, it, the- I, it was, so we were graduating. Alamos was staying in Champaign to pursue his PhD. I moved back to the suburbs, had to get a job and, you know, go to work and pay off my loans. Mike moved back. And we just, it, because it wasn't really a active touring band, we didn't really think of it as a thing that was worth driving down to Champaign to continue. So it was just, we graduated, it was done, essentially. Okay. And it's kind of shocking looking back that Polyvinyl even wanted to put it out, knowing that we weren't going to do anything. But they did. Uh, and they kept it, you know, to their credit, kept it in print all these years and repressed it. And um, slowly through whatever word of mouth, magic of the internet, it started to just get a following.
3: I want to ask about that. Yeah. I want to ask about <clears throat> the impact of that first record um, and your perspective on it. Because well, first of all, I, I guess I we've talked about your pedigree a little bit, but was there anything common about what you were listening to that might have influenced yeah the sound of that band at that time can you think of anything yeah for sure so I mean we, we came
1: up on you know the post hardcore bands discord stuff and then when we got into college around the same time toward I think tortoises first record came out our uh-huh. freshman year I loved the sea and cake we get started getting into them we discovered Nick Drake and alternate tunings I was big into smog mm-hmm. red house painters Codeine, things like that so, so there was different elements that were coming in and when we started this band, we knew in fact a big one too we drive like Jehu was a band that Mike and I loved our freshman year, and we kind of thought, oh they've they've like mastered it <laughs> like they rock out better than any band could ever do, and the math elements were so great, yes, and we kind of decided, okay, well if we're gonna do another band, let's not rock out because we could never be as good as that band. Let's try to go the other direction and
3: just the, make- ro- the rocking outs. Uh, aspect of what you're saying have more to do with the way the vocals come across, or is it
1: the no, music? no? I think the music. I think the music was was uh, intentionally slower and kind of it, it's all yeah. really kind of arpeggiated stuff. There's no distortion. It's all very clean guitars. So we were we were intentionally trying to push back against the scene
3: that we had come from and the that's the, interesting. Yeah. So it was reactionary on some. Level. I think so.
1: Yeah. We were we were picking up different elements of music that we were interested by. Like at that point, you know, Mike and I's favorite band probably was like Red House Painters or the Smiths or something like that. So we were interested in going slightly more melodic, pretty direction. Okay.
3: Yeah. So then the record, you make the record and then you stop, but then the record gets its own momentum. Do you have any sense of why that happened? Was it the internet only? What was it? I I
1: don't know. It's still kind of a mystery.
2: uh, uh, Maybe Mike went to the bathroom or something. Yeah, Mike just... As is his way. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I th- wish I was in there with him. I have to go, you, but I'm not going. No, I, I, be think, be, I think the coolest thing <laughs> would be to bring the whole ring in there. Hopefully,
3: hopefully he comes back at some point. But go ahead. I think uh,
2: no, I, I, there is no good explanation for it. Maybe other than internet viral kinds of stuff. We were talking just the other day. No band should do what we did. But the fact that the, this band didn't exist at all was probably the best thing that could have happened to it because people, if they evidently liked that record and there was nothing attached to it at all they could write onto the record whatever they wanted to Um, and I think in a way that's the best possible way for that first record to have circulated Mm. because it was almost maybe it was this mystery to people who had you seen this what this was when we tried to play live it was painful like, yeah it was painful to watch there was a bunch of tuning and sitting around and Yeah, it, was, we would it wasn't play a show by a any 30 strength. minute
1: set and you know 15 minutes of it would be tuning guitars awkwardly silently between <laughs> songs and apologizing but
2: that that thing float is floating out in space and nobody has anything to attach to it then you know people can write onto it what they want so well, it becomes this cult thing that they can share i think the biggest one of the things i was worried about when we brought this back or i thought is oh we're going to kill Whatever the mythology the around this, it we'll would just kill it dead. Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be dead, and now people will laugh at us for trying to, you know, bring this to life or whatever, but that hasn't really been the case. Well, it's, Holmes
3: mentioned Drive Like Jehu, who had kind of a similar thing happen, Yeah, where they, I mean, they put out two records and kind of just vanished. Slint did a similar thing with yeah. Spiderland, mm-hmm. where record.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
5: To get started, visit
4: plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcarecom
3: It Comes out sort of the way any record would come out, and then gradually over time, it develops this following that no one can kind of. Oh, Mike's coming back. So it's interesting that you mentioned Jehu because that seems the same thing seems to have happened to you as to happen to them. And these other bands. So it's just an interesting aspect of things, particularly when the members of that defunct band go on and are active yeah. and do other stuff. So maybe that's. But you, did you even do that? No, we never
1: did it. I mean, we played. No, like, Mike plays. Mike, I mean, yeah, Mike, Mike plays. Yeah, yeah. Mike
3: play, yeah. so Mike continued playing solo. You can
1: fill in the the gaps.
3: How is the bathroom? So good. Good. <laughs> I have to go as well. I just wonder about your experience. No, I can't. No, I, I'm just viscerally living. Do whatever you, I want. No, is, I, <laughs> I don't live this when I'm home. I don't,
5: I have very specific. Yeah, when I do this, I'm just like I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Like, <laughs> when you I'm do I'm gonna what? swear on your the, podcast. The when I travel and play shows and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Otherwise, what's the point?
3: Oh, oh it's no It's no. a vacation for. I me. wasn't trying to despair It's fine that you. Oh went. okay yeah. I wasn't, I no, yeah, I, wasn't I wasn't a date. I'm saying you should go too. No, though. I have to go. Everybody I should throw do For an hour and a half, and then I have to pee. But I'm not gonna go. I'm just gonna wait. You're better than I am. That's cool. professional. The pee professional. Is. Staying in (laughs) professional. Anyway, and me. The P's are staying in me. So we were just talking about how uh, the American football's mystique kind of developed after you went away. Mm -hmm. And so Holmes mentioned Drive Like Jehu. And so I was just talking about Slint, Drive Like Jehu. These are bands that had this happen to them as well. Mm -hmm. Do you have a perspective on this? Why did the band get bigger and bigger? Why was there so much interest in it well after you'd been done, so to
5: speak? Well, I think partially because we couldn't, People couldn't see that we weren't a good band. <laughs> like, yes. right? Yeah, we, we were saying it that. that. The best okay, that yeah, that's it. Yeah, sure. yeah, like yeah. nobody yeah. knew that we just tuned our guitars in between songs, and I mean, it wasn't. It was the opposite of sort of magical. So, we we, we created a mystery about something that you know what I mean. It was just very. Yeah. Your imagination is way better than the exactly. reality. Yes, sure. And it was there was a. I've said this like, there's something about the way that album was recorded. Like it it captured like this moment of like, sort of earnest. Awkwardness, I think, which you can't fake. You know what I mean? Like, right, it, was, it yeah. was true. Yeah, it was a
2: yeah. si- sincere um, record. I think. And
5: maybe for many years, I was embarrassed by it or whatever. But now it's sort of like, well, that's cool. Like, it actually happened, and it was people. I think gravitate towards something that they believe. You know, and it's a Like, it's believable. So,
3: is it did something similar happen with and Jazz? Like, do you think that's a connection there that people are like, oh, I'm going to trace. You know mm, where this? I is mean, at some from. point,
5: I thought maybe, but this seems to be bigger than Cap and Jazz, which is I didn't know that was going to happen. Like hmm. Cap and Jazz, because like, we broke up, and there was like some sort of clamor, maybe just because there was like that was more sort of like this like energy, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think people were gravitated towards that. So it's like a different thing, but. uh maybe just I mean just all of it together I don't know yeah I, know. I know there's
3: no definitive answer here I'm yeah just, there's no answer I have no fucking idea it's weird yeah it doesn't yeah. make sense you went to the bathroom you came back a sailor you're just swearing <laughs> yeah. like a, yeah, I don't what's, know. what's going on in that bathroom I got laid I got some, to some <laughs> drinks I don't yeah. know what's going on you're all amped up man. <laughs> Nate, do you have a perspective on this group uh, they say they were terrible live did you see them when they were uh, initially active
4: <clears throat> I did not actually Okay, thanks for checking uh, in. Yes. Hey, that's that's it. great. That's all. That's I, it. Thanks for having me. Guys. <laughs> no, no. Did you see? He that? auditioned for the band, and he thought I mean, it was terrible I, I, and wouldn't join.
3: I
5: mean, I know all of our friends saw us because our friends would go to our, you know, we played houses and basements and stuff, and it wasn't anything.
1: Oh yeah, we're definitively not good. Our friends still, <laughs> I think, you are weren't. so like yeah.
5: they're more confused than we are. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I know why? it's funny. Like, even like friends big? of ours who are in bands are like,
1: Wow, why, why are you guys popular? Yeah, like, what the fuck? Nobody liked you so. guys.
3: So you don't know, and it's fine. You can swear all you like. So you don't know. That's interesting.
1: Well, I think. Because interestingly, it, it, like, I think it seems to continually resonate with kind of high school, college age kids. And I think a lot of that's based on the lyrical content. It's relatable and breakup type stuff that a lot of people at that age are going through. And a lot of it was uh, kind of anticipating what's next. We were on the cusp of adulthood, basically graduating school. And there's a sense of that kind of moving on from one phase of your life to the next phase. And I think there's a lot of that. Kind of buried in the lyrics that people identify with
3: this brings me to a point that i was hesitant to raise with you guys but um i feel like this band was thought of as uh, uh, at least in the in the late 90s being a true whatever they, this word emo emo gets sure. associated there's a certain i can't think of too many other genres where the subgenres all sound like digs by <laughs> other bands at the bands like mall (laughs) punk math rock even sounds like nerds and then emo so what but now if you think about now and the way everyone's emoting all the time online social media lots of that kind of feeling there's lots more feeling now I don't know does that maybe that have something to do with the trajectory of this band that people like you know it's okay to feel it's okay yeah. to be sensitive about your feelings yeah. and express them. I mean, in the them.
1: same way that The Cure still resonates perpetually or The Smiths, or like those types of bands. Yeah. I think that's the same thing. I the, the emo thing is its own whole other topic. Like, I mean, you I know, hesitated to bring yeah, up because no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure would, you get but, dogged with but but yeah, this you, all the time. you know, Rise of Spring. You know, you know yeah. the roots of that. But I also know they the were network. like what?
3: We're not. Yeah. We're, they rejected it too. Like, we're, yes. I don't know what. It's the I, dumbest thing I've ever I would ever always heard. quote Ian when he's he like d- whatever his quote was, the dumbest it's thing. It's the ever. dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, we kind of felt the same way even at the time if we we knew that friends of ours were emo or whatever, but we didn't we didn't consider this an emo band at the, even when we were in the band I mean, in the we first were, time around. Musically huh? we were
5: rejecting that. I mean, we yes. were really like that was we what didn't we were trying to do ever hit distortion or like you know like we were like Yeah. You know, like, we weren't, I wasn't screaming, and I wasn't, I mean, my voice is cracking. Even when I just sort of, like, sing lightly, my voice cracks, though. It wasn't like, yeah, it was like, hmm. yeah, we were definitely, like, trying to be reserved. In our minds, like, we thought
3: we were closer to the sea and cake or and or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think we did. Yes, yes, yes.
1: But that's not how it came out.
3: So, before when when you were gone, Mike, we were talking about kind of foundational music. I'm sorry I had to pee. Go on. <laughs> It's fine. I really have to go. Uh, now, we were talking about foundational uh, elements in terms of share. I don't know if we got to shared listening. We you were talking about some of your influences there, uh, Holmes. But uh, was there a common foundation of music listening going just, on? Me and
5: Holmes were roommates all through college, so I mean we were finding and you know I'm sure you said Steve Reich. I remember Steve yeah, Reich's Stereo Lamp. Like yeah. I remember like. Oh wow. Okay. Just like. Um, everything I've ever done musically like stereo lives a big thing sort of like oh this one thing will just continue for a long time and then things will move around it you know what I mean like instead of the whole song shifting or everybody has the distortion pedal at the same time or like it's like just have one thing continue and then everything kind of comes up and down under it so that was a thing um okay
3: but I mean is this articulated or just like it's happening when you're playing is the is the music the conversation that you're playing together? Or are you like, you know, it'd be good to, like, are you articulating some of these moves? That well, I, don't, you make? I don't know how much we talked about it.
2: I think you guys, I, yeah. they would come to my house to play, but you clearly did something in your house, the two of you, where you would write the stuff kind of ahead of time. And then they'd bring it over by our house. We didn't talk about it at my house at all. Oh, okay. They would just play stuff, and I'd be like, oh, that seems like. We, that yeah, there were like definitely the right
1: references. So I think, like, the Five Silent Miles was one of the first songs we wrote and we were like, Can we do a Steve Reich style thing on guitars or just two guitars or yeah, right. drums? Like, I'll keep playing the same thing you move yeah. and then
5: and then you keep playing that and then I'll move and then the song ends up somewhere different. Okay.
3: Right. Okay. All right, so we've got to some foundational stuff and some history. I mentioned you. Why did you? Oh, you stopped because you were doing other stuff. We already established this. (laughs) Okay, so what's? uh, Are you all playing music in the interim, but before American football gets back together? You sound like you were very busy there, Steve.
2: Yeah, not a lot. You know, once in a while, but for ten years it was pretty rough. I, I. Nothing really serious. You didn't feel like playing. No, I wanted to, but I was doing the you know the work thing and the tenure thing and all that, which is pretty yeah. nerve-wracking. And and Denver is different. This this kind of music was not ascended there, and so mm. I played in cover bands and stuff to keep chops up, but not much. I've
3: done the same. Yeah, and it was fun. It kind of helps because you don't—you have to mimic someone who's you'd never play that way. Right, totally. I'm like, oh, yeah. I would never think to do this, right. but it's actually kind of interesting.
2: Well, and thank God for it because I hadn't been in front of people for a long time. And then a, about a year after that started, this started happening. And our, one of our first gigs was at this big outdoor thing. Oh, okay. I remember being so nervous for that outdoor thing in Champagne. Like, what are we doing? You know, it was—it's was a lot of people,
3: so I was quite gr- grateful for it. Yeah, and Steve.
1: Yeah, I kept playing in bands for like five years, probably post-college, and then uh, I got married pretty young, and we had our first kid coming, and Lamos and I had played together a little bit, and when he moved to Boulder, right at that same time, my wife got pregnant with our first daughter, and that was it. I was like, all right, well, i got to focus on work, and, yeah, and yeah. I d- wasn't in a band for 10 years before this thing got back Oh, together. cool. Yeah. Okay.
3: And Mike, you've been busy? Yeah, just sort
5: of, I mean, full-time, part-time. Full-time, part-time music? Yeah. also a kid's, I'm a stay-at-home my wife teaches high school, so I'm home with the kids mostly. But okay, I was kept writing and recording.
3: Right, and of that. course. And you're—we you have other active projects, right? Yeah, I do uh, solo stuff, Owen, and then uh, that's probably it currently. Okay, yeah. so why does this group come? Hey, Nate, how's it going? Okay, it's going fine. I'm just gonna. Yeah. Are you good. Okay? okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Sorry, I didn't mean to. it seems like let's talk about this. How? Are, why are you? Why are they doing stuff without you? In terms of talking about the band. What? Why? (laughs) How did you get into this band? Because it seems like they have a core. They they are a unit. You're like me on the outside. You and I are kind of over here. We're over here. And they're like a a core (laughs) unit. How did you end up in this band?
4: Mike, I think, texted me and said, "We're going to do some American football shows. Do you want to play bass?" And I don't know if I responded right away. But at first, I thought there wasn't any bass in American football. What are (laughs) it'll be easy. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that record when it came out. I mean, I listened to that for like a year nonstop. Like I was into it, and so when I was invited to come play, I'm like, of course I'm going to do that. I can't nice. say no. But I don't want to show up and like mess it up at all. Like, so what year is this? Oh God, 2014. 2014. Yeah. 2014. Mike okay. was insistent because I was like,
2: we're not getting a bass player. Mike's like, we're not doing it without a bass player. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that was persuasive. Okay.
3: Mike. So 15 years after the fact, yes. you're back. I'm sure you've talked about this with other people with the second or the yeah LP two and now we're as we're speaking, it's really a, ostensibly this was all supposed to be about LP three, but we're going through time here a little bit. Uh, why did you get back together to make another record? I assume did that happen first and then you toured or how no? Did we we
1: re, so in 2014, Polyvinyl put out a deluxe reissue of that first record. Because I had found, my dad was moving and I had found a box of cassettes that had like old boombox recordings and things from this band. And there was like one unreleased song that I thought would be interesting if people heard it. So I sent it to the label. It's like, hey, do you want to put this out as a digital download? And they were like, send us whatever you have. So I sent them a box of cassettes and they weeded through it and picked out like a dozen tracks. And they are like, we should, we should put this out. Oh, cool. So we talked about it and we decided, all right, well, it's coming up on the 15 year anniversary. Why don't we do like a reissue and make it like a bonus disc of extra, whatever. And then I wrote liner notes, like track by track liner notes for the first album and some stuff about the bonus tracks. And so when that got announced through Mike's booking agent and management, uh, we got an offer to play a reunion show. And so that was, which had happened over the years, I think, but we never really talked about it or considered it. Where was the reunion show? Uh, it was one in Champaign where I we went to school at a festival there. Called Pygmalion, um, and then the other one was in New York City at Webster Hall. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so and they were both like, you know, you know <laughs> most people we'd ever played to is you know 100 people, 150 people, and these were because legit
3: you, things. You, you did suck. We saw oh, yeah. as you've all indicated. Yes. It wasn't so we
1: were. It was sort of shocking. I was like,
3: what? Who who wants to see <laughs> this band?
1: Uh, so we agreed to do two one-off shows, and now five years later, we've played a hundred some odd shows around the world.
3: Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So what? I mean, the shows go well enough that you want to b- bring the band back. That's Basically, so we
1: we agreed to do those two shows. Then the like, New York one like sold out instantly. They're like, do a second night, sold out. Do a third night, sold out. So we did a weekend in New York. Then the Mike's manager is like, all right, well you should do LA, you should do San Francisco. So we did like two shows in San Francisco, two shows in LA.
2: But, but it started to feel better. Like Nate makes it feel yeah. like a real band. Yes. And then we also figured out we this guy Mike Rosone, who's well, I'm, again I'm pointing, he's over there. Um, in the other room. In the other room that yeah. you can't see, because there's no video. Uh, he, I couldn't even see it. My back was... You, to the, you wouldn't even
3: see him because you don't know the who The curtain is. has been drawn. They really the whole have thing. sequestered the themselves away from us. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: anyway. But we, we got somebody to help us tune guitars and like figure out how to
3: make a, song a back-to-back and yeah. all this
2: stuff. And it was way more... This has been way more interesting and way more fun than the first iteration. Okay.
3: And how... Like So, uh, as we move on to talking about this new record... Has the creative process changed for the band? Is it any more or less collaborative than it was? Because I think people, you, Mike, is kind of one of the figureheads here. Uh, has it changed much? As you've, what's the yeah, what's I, the formula? I mean, I didn't.
5: Yeah, uh, everybody's sort of throwing songs in a Dropbox. So this, a lot of the songs in the new album started. Like Nate started a bunch of them with either just bell parts, and then maybe lamo's would put drums under that. You know what I mean? Like they. They're coming together piecemeal very collaboratively. Bit. Oh, yes. collaboratively, um,
2: yeah. But the opposite of a college town, because we're all a th- right. thousand miles away, so this is all virtual collaboration, and then when we actually get together, it's just a few times, but we spend a lot of time on a long weekend You're doing are
3: file-swapping, right? so to speak. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Okay,
2: It's yeah. okay. okay. sort much. of like
5: if somebody hears something that they can sort of uh, project and see, you know, like, oh, that could be something else, then they'll add to it, and then they'll put that back in the Dropbox, and then once... It starts taking shape um i mean the last this album has eight songs on it but we recorded yeah i think we, we demoed 14 or something More than that
1: i think for both the last two records we there was easily like 20 demos like in total from everybody that were put on the dropbox and then we once we got in a room we probably played through a dozen or so of the ones that we all liked the best and then narrowed it down to whatever would make the record
3: let me ask you a question that no band would ever talk about aside from maybe speaking to someone like me, because it might be embarrassing, but can any of you s- highlight improvements, so to speak, or progressions within every, any of the other players where you're like, holy shit, you get the drop box? you're like, whoa, up in the game. I got to step up here. Has anyone surprised you with what they've done? I mean, Nate's done that for all of us. I think <laughs> sort of like, because he
5: wasn't around, and then now all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's a cool thing. I think on LP two, like, a lot of the stuff in the Dropbox was sort of like that sounds like American football you know what I mean like whether Nate started it or home started it or I started it we were all kind of writing towards that yeah and then the last one it's sort of like like I said like it could be just be like a drum thing going like uh, I can't feel you it was just drums right? Right. right maybe it was just it was just that groove right it was literally just that beat for a minute yeah. and a half. We've written a and few then, songs to just drum tracks. And then Nate kind of gave it like this, like moving, driving bass line, which is not, it doesn't sound like what
3: American Football had sounded like before. Killer bass lines, uh-huh. by the way. Oh, say, yeah.
4: Thanks so much. Yeah, yes.
3: Really, really good bass lines. You can tell that I can hear a little flea, like a little bit. <laughs> but other people too. No, it's really good. You have bass, you have like a bass hero. Am I a base hero? No, not you. Good <laughs> lord. Why would you turn this yeah. again? I'm like, do you have... Do a, I need to answer that question? Yeah. Do you have a base hero? Why would I just go up to someone and say, are you a base hero? Are you a base hero? That's what I'm... Yes, gonna, I am. I must go back to the land from which I... <laughs> whence I've come. A, <laughs> a crystal or something. Fortress <laughs> of solitude.
0: Yeah.
3: Anyway, sorry. No, do you have, like, a base hero that you admire? Yeah, or?
4: flee. It's, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm not lying, guys. Only oh, flee. Yeah. Okay. All right. All
2: right. Nate uh-huh. kind of plays everything, though. Yeah, it's good. At, better than everybody else. Are you the new oh, secret fuck. weapon now? He's a total I'm, yeah. I'm weapon.
3: actually being sincere. Yes. He you is. seem yeah. to have changed the, the band and, and, yeah. and made, he made it, better. it real. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Are Nate you aware is, of this? Nate
1: is one of those annoying guys who's better on every instrument than everyone the, else. Yeah, right. You're a savant. The only yes. reason
2: he's not the whole
4: band is because it's physically not possible to be all the. Are you, named, are you good day. at most only, things you attempt to do <laughs> <laughs> am I good at most things no I think no I'm not I think I'm good at I'm good at a few I'm good at a few things musically related but a lot of other things I'm okay. really not okay. alright
2: well, right.
3: that's
4: interesting <laughs> alright just good at being modest
3: <laughs> so in terms I'm
2: of, great
4: at interviews <laughs> you're doing well
2: you are you are
4: I'm an, you're an interview hero, an interview, hero oh, yeah. interview hero I absolutely. should have told you that right at the beginning <laughs> you didn't have to I can tell okay cool I
3: can tell uh, lyrically, though, how does the lyrical stuff work? Is that mostly you? So then you? the songs kind of get,
5: after they're fleshed out a bit, then I sit and uh, try different melodies and different ideas. And some, I mean, that that I feel like some songs I feel like bad about. Like we said, we had demos and like they didn't make the cut. It might be because I just I never got there, maybe lyrically or melodically. You know, what the mean? music I was never, cool, and you're like, yeah, yeah maybe on, for sure. I mean, something. there's there's some stuff that I really <laughs> into, but like, you know, like I just I just never. I call it like it's like cracking a code kind of like you're trying to you're trying to like you have to like fit the vibe of the music plus make it interesting plus make it sound good I don't know it's yeah absolutely it's a balancing act it's a balancing act so uh some things maybe I fell short doing that because if the songs got pulled to that point then it must have been that that didn't get them further you know what
3: I mean yeah which is fine I'm happy with the ones that that made it do you have a sense or perspective on a common thread between the songs in terms of the lyrical themes? I'm hearing. A few. I mean,
5: I can only write one way. Yeah, they're all for 20 years. It's been a common thread. Nate did this for my birthday. I had a. I I uh, threw myself a roast for my 40th birthday. Birthday and uh, Nate couldn't make it, but he sent an audio roast. <laughs> it was literally me on a stage listening. He made like this five-minute cut-up of me just being like, I don't know. Like I was. I said I don't know a thousand times in all my Owen songs. Yeah, I, it, I don't know. I found yeah, I found a bunch of common thread, common threads
4: <laughs> in Owen's songs,
5: and I and he spliced them I, together yeah. for Is five this, minutes.
3: Does that speak to the fact that you don't know stuff?
5: <laughs> yes, I mean, He's how much? Ma- sure. How many times can I say that's a lot of self doubt? That that's a lot sure. of I don't knows. Yeah,
3: and in this record, I'm like, uh, we've all established we're dads, uh, not of the same child but we all have different children it would be yeah. I, I feel like we could pull it off yeah I'm, I have a nice vibe here but uh, there's some dad stuff in there. some relationship stuff in there right coming of age stuff is yeah. that fair to say I mean yeah for sure I mean that's I don't know I don't know how to write like funny songs or like there are jokes though you one of your songs is called uncomfortably numb oh sure I mean which the, I is mean, a dark song like as I listen to, to them but yeah right. There's actually a few classic rock puns. I, I I've heard a couple of things. There's I mean yeah What is that about? Crime well, of the Century? Like overtly like Pink uh, Floyd. There's just some weird references coming up. Yeah. Super tramp? What's going on? <laughs> Why would okay, that I'm be? hilarious? <laughs> I'm a I'm a joke hero. Right, so Comedy hero. Yeah. Comedy hero. No, but you're writing from a place of whoa, there's a band playing now. That that's our cue really, but so we gotta <laughs> wrap up. But you're writing from the place you're in. That's it, yeah, yeah okay that's That's not i don't even yeah i don't consider i never once
5: called myself a writer like it's just what comes out like when the band started originally this will go full full circle like like when i first started playing with either of these guys i just like was lamos was in a band with some other dudes and they were writing awesome music and i just was like i'll sing on top of that i've never sang before i never wrote lyrics or anything so like it was just an accident, and then when I joined this band, I, that role fell to me, so...
3: Well, very quickly, because... And it's always been, I gotta go say, though, no, it's
2: always been sincere. Like, you write... You've never not written things... You've never written insincere things that I am aware of. Sure. Certainly not. In- you know what I mean? But and so that's, insincere. that's... I guess that's what I meant, like, I can't joke, like, I just... Right. Yeah, I just write... But, but it's, yeah. it, it comes across that way, I think, from Ooh. the first record all the way through, it comes across as that's who this guy is. Do
3: you have perspectives on what he's writing? Like, everything else is very collaborative... Do either of you have perspectives on what he's sort of getting at? Does he talk well, about lo- this?
2: I, I think this new record—it's like you know—I'm proud to be associated with this new record because he's singing about stuff that doesn't—that seems sincere to somebody in his mid forties with kids. I don't know. Uh, I don't. You relate it, it, to it? Mike writes the lyrics. He wants to write. It's not like we're saying here, you know, you got to write this or whatever. Do but, you
3: pick their brains? Do you like? I can't. No, not at all. For that stuff, no it's too personal no but there's melody stuff
5: like I yeah. mean like yeah, if yeah. I'll be like is this the right vibe and I mean I'll I'll, send, I'll put the I'll send shit into the Dropbox, and then you know it, it's like no or something I don't know if it's maybe they're more polite about it but yeah no. they're like oh I'm not feeling so I'll try to instead of instead of coming in on the one I'll try to come in on the three and Some I'll phrasing, try to go falsetto or mostly? higher yeah okay yeah.
3: okay okay but
2: I think that's that's at least to me that's out of respect you've got the hardest job when you have to put the, the words together. But it know, strikes me as a lot of pressure. Well, it's a very
5: do what you personal need to do to thing. get it. Yeah, that's to true. Get it done. That's true. But I've also thought about, like, you guys, when you start songs, like, when I start songs for Owen shit, like, I kind of also hear what I'm hearing. And so it's, it's almost like you guys have to be, like, willing to let me take it right. somewhere else, which is a different kind of challenge. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sometimes, I mean, when I do that with Owen, I don't want other people to do it. I'm like, oh, I, this is how this song this is the song right yeah like you can't yeah so that's a different kind of challenge or like confidence almost of just like go ahead and do that and yeah everybody seems sort of all for one one for all it seems that way
2: but this music also doesn't let you write like you'd normally write for an Owen. because it, no it's uh, all this, in this fucking 17 driven, so you're yeah, right <laughs> so
5: it's, it's so all weird. so weird yeah. yeah i'm trying to like land on these weird yeah it's weird it's challenging for sure okay
3: well, as I say, there's, things are ramping up upstairs, <laughs> yeah. and I, I do want to let you go. Thanks for all your time. I oh, really, sure. Thank you. I really so appreciate thing. it. But I do want to ask two things because you mentioned there's this plethora of extra songs. What's coming up next for this band? Uh, as we're speaking, your this is a one-off show in Toronto. This you're is going a one-off. Yeah. Then you got a tour coming up. But what's sort of next? Do you have plans for we, more recordings or releases or what?
1: Yeah. Well, I think we're figuring that out. We've got a handful of songs that we're kind of. Leftovers from the last two records yes. that we're debating. Do we want to go back to any of these and polish them up for an EP or something? So we're trying to figure out what what's next. We haven't really okay. ironed anything out yet.
3: Okay. And where can people go to learn more about your band, uh, American Football? Where where would you would like to send them? You have, have a website, right? What is it? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I. I've been, you, they should go. The, they should go to it. Go yes. To that website. <laughs> what?
1: So Just, good luck googling American football. <laughs> yeah, it comes good. up. I pretty think it's American it, football music, maybe. I, I think, think so. it might that be. Yeah. Right. yeah,
3: Yeah, yeah, Okay, so people can go there and they get yes. all the info about the records. Yeah, stuff. and we're on
1: the
2: whatever Twitter and Polyvinyl uh, Polyvinyl Records, records
3: yeah. right? Of course, That's label for many a years, and they're awesome. Okay, if there's one song that we can play for people right now from the new record, what would one of you pick? Hmm. Anything you want. I'll play whatever you want. Unless you don't want me to play it, then I won't play it. Every wave. Uh, we yeah. said a jinx to every wave. Every wave to ever rise, sure. maybe. Yeah. I think it's, it's a second song. That. Second song. Why yeah. did that come to mind to, for two of you? Oh, it
5: just, it's, it's
3: one of my favorite ones to play live, but I think it's just a, it's a cool tune, man.
5: It, yeah. yeah, It's a cool tune, man. That's I think it's like... Uh, it sort of checked all the boxes of what I was trying to do on the album. Sort of like... Okay. It's like subtly interesting musically. It's sort of like... Uh, uncomfortable like I can't I still don't know if it's major or minor like oh, it's just sort of like this weird yeah I'm into it I like it
1: okay yep. that's good and enough. also uh, Liz from Lana Talk who's been on your show oh
3: yeah Canadian. Yes. She's, she's on that she killed so. it on this oh song. she's yeah. on the. Oh, okay great yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. okay that's great now, and Liz is from Guelph where, yeah. I, where I'm from from Guelph well sort of originally anyway she lived there enough about me and Liz <laughs> <laughs> thank you American Football thank for being on you. the show talk to you soon bye for now thank you Very special thanks to Nate and Steve and Mike and Steve again of American Football for being on this, the 483rd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on everything, all iOS and Android platforms, and everything you can think of. I think it's out there on various. It's on Spotify, YouTube, Audio Boom. It's it's in most places. Really and truly, thank you guys. Just before showtime, they made time for a, a, a long chat with me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, once again, thank you, American Football. Back to me. If you can't find an episode of uh, Creative Control that you've been looking for, if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. Everything you need to know is there. You can like Creative Control on Facebook and follow the show on Twitter, at vishcreative, or follow me directly, at vishkana. Listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. It means the world to me that you do that, so thank you for doing that. Thank you uh, also to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support of the show. Thank you to Jim Guthrie, for lending me a song for the show each and every week. Learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to the show and uh, subscribing to the podcast and telling your friends about the the show. It all helps. It all means the world. And I appreciate it. And I will talk to you very soon with more of these podcast episodes, I'm sure. Why not? Why not indeed? Talk to you soon. Bye for now.